Welcome to the dark forest Jackie and her pals will never bore us Shameless confessions about our obsessions Will make us laugh and smile So let's explore the dark forest And dork down for a Hi, Jackie Cation here. You're listening to The Dork Forest. You know the websites, dorkforest.com, thedorkforest.com. If you like a determiner, JackieCation.com has everything. Both of my podcasts, all of the stand-up stuff, the new album, links to YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, all the things. But so, I think, does dorkforest.com, where you can look at old videos of different shows. Anyway, if you want to support the show, tell people about the show, review it on iTunes, thumbs it up on Pandora or Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. I appreciate that. You can donate. You can donate monthly. PayPal lets you do that. You can also do my Venmo if you like. It's at Jackie Cation absolutely everywhere. And my email address is Jackie at JackieCation.com. And that's what the PayPal is. The PayPal link is on JackieCation.com and DorkForest.com. And go to any of them. Thanks for listening. There's merch. There's stand-up. There's tour guide. You know, you can find out where I'm touring. This is getting long. So let's get into the show. Hey, Jackie Cation here. Uh, here's a scoop, you guys. I'm in my garage. It's 99 degrees outside. Uh, Pete Melee, longtime listener, longtime fan. Uh, his wife, was that your wife? I probably should have asked. What? That's your wife who just talked flowers because it's spring. And, uh, and she has a, a new flower podcast she's going to do. And you have a podcast. And you're mm-hmm. like, I wouldn't mind doing the dork forest. And I'm like, oh my gosh, attainable goal, my friend. So uh, (laughs) what is your podcast? My podcast is called Let's See What's Out There. Uh, It is a uh, ostensibly a Star Trek podcast, but we cover all nerd media. Oh, nerd media. Let's see what's out there. It's a great name. And is it at let's, let's see what's out there on Twitter and all that, or is it? It's at, L-S-W-O-T-Cast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's an acronym, you guys. Why wouldn't it be? It's the Dork Forest. Let's make it complicated. Let's see what's out there. Acronym, cast, Twitter, Instagram, all the things. Well played. But now, this is where we were talking, and you were like, I like like essentially the redheaded stepchild of the Star Trek franchise. (laughs) And I, um, I was a redheaded stepchild, weirdly enough. And uh, but I was <laughs> it turns out I was liked as well. Uh, so um, but you liked Enterprise, which then became Star Trek Enterprise, which was then canceled after year four. Yeah. Season four. So that is a very, very narrow field of focus. I tried to watch it. It, uh, it didn't take for me. And I love Scott Bakula. His name rhymes with butt crackula. Ooh. I mean, there's absolutely no reason not to enjoy Scott Bakula. I loved Quantum Leap. So, okay. So yeah. talk to me about Enterprise. So uh, I, Enterprise, I think, pound for pound, uh, up until New Trek, uh, which is like the stuff that came in the last five years, I'll say, uh, pound for pound, Star Trek Enterprise, is the best Roddenberry Star Trek out there. Um, and, and I know that I'm splitting hairs there, right? Okay. Uh, and I want to say that uh, uh, Star Trek is, is, a, is a, you know, uh, a, a, a property that is all about infinite diversity and infinite combinations. Um, 
even if Gene Roddenberry came up with that thing to sell merch. But uh, that's what it's about. And so, like, I know that there's a lot of people who like a lot of different things. And and I don't want to I don't want to be mean to anything. But, no, no. Um, and you get to you yeah. get to love Enterprise as much as anybody else yeah. loves Next Trek or Discovery or hates all of it because uh, yeah. but but the dork forest is about how much you like something and you genuinely liked enterprise and Roddenberry, so do you yeah. think it's the most like original track is that what you mean by that no i think i okay so that's great so what do i mean by roddenberry star trek uh i guess roddenberry star trek in my mind is star trek that is about humanity overcoming its uh, um its baser instincts to become and transcend uh, something better, right? For the purpose of bettering the universe. Um, okay. And, and to be honest, I think that the original series often kind of failed in that uh, because it had to abide by 1960s standards and mores. Um, and so it, it got a little like hairy in there sometimes, right? Right. Like there's, the, there's that classic TOS, uh, uh, episode where Kirk is like railing against um, uh, religious oppression, uh, and then and then he goes, "We uh, we don't need many gods. We're fine with just our one." And it was like, "Oh, you were so close. You were so close to making the right point." Um, but you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, but they had to say that because of you know what they right. would put on television in the 60s. Right, they're trying to advertise, and, and you're like. We're, don't sell a pantheon anyway right it's yeah. Hard to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so and so i think that uh enterprise was really able to uh to show us that sort of uplift uh of the human spirit and the human condition um and uh, uh i will say that i did not watch it when it was out which i think oh. has a lot to do with uh uh, my experience. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, I was, when it was coming out, I was in college and, and I was, I was too busy drinking. Um, right, sure. And yeah. Um, but so I wait, got that so, sort of out of my system. Right. So you, um, <laughs> have you watched the other Star Treks? Uh, so yeah, in, uh, in 2011, uh, I moved to Chicago for work. I worked with your friend, Karen Tilgariff. Um, and, uh, Ooh, was uh, that Oprah? Why do I think that that was Oprah? That yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, that was that that Oprah Winfrey cable network thing. Yes. Um, and uh, uh, Chip Pope got to hang out with him. Laura House and I used to play Scrabble all the time. Anyway, nice. Um, it was a fun job. All former. Uh, I haven't had Chip Pope on in a long time. So yeah, oh, yeah. he could come back yeah. on the Dork Forest again. He's good people. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. He's hilarious. Uh, but uh, uh, so I was in Chicago. I kind of knew no one. It was a new job. And um, all I had in my apartment was an internet connection on a laptop. And um, I was waiting for the wife and kids to come out. And so I had like three months there. And I just was like, oh, crap, all of Star Trek, because all of Star Trek at that time was on Netflix. That's right. That's right. They dubbed it all on there for like five years, I think, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so uh, June, July, August of 2011, I watched every single Star Trek episode that existed back to back to back, like in chronological order, 
Wait a um, minute. You spent three months watching all of the different series as well, and you finished them all in three months? Ostensibly, I was working, but uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that is that is some <laughs> epic binging, though, because we're talking yeah. Star Trek, the original Trek, and then we're talking next Trek, uh, Star Trek Next uh, Generation. Oh, right. Did you also do the animated? Yeah, Hilarious. Yeah. I'm a completionist. Oh, right, right. Who doesn't who doesn't want to? Yeah. OK, so then so you did all the animated nonsense. Were, was there yep. anything good there? I remember trying to watch it when I was a kid. There is. Actually, the animated Star Trek, uh, I think, is really interesting for a lot of reasons. They've got some great uh, races that that uh, they introduced. They've got uh, a great episode about the, the devil um, and and the devil is like just an alien who is on a planet and he's like, yeah, I'm just the devil. Guess why they hated me? Cause I liked exploring and knowledge. Right. <laughs> uh, it's amazing. Yeah. I like that episode a lot. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So then and they actually introduced the idea of the holodeck in the animated series. Oh, that's an interesting so. fun fact. Who knew that? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, nerds. Yeah. Right. Right. I'm sure many people knew that. Uh, I did not. But uh, because yeah. here's my thing with Star Trek. I thoroughly enjoyed Star Trek when I was a kid. And then I watched all of Star Trek The Next Generation when I was in college. Yeah. And then I watched some of Deep Space Nine. And then I watched all of Voyager. And then I watched yeah. um, and I've seen the first two seasons of Discovery. And I have okay. not watched the last, and I have seen uh, the first Ooh, season of Lower Decks. I've, oh, there's four now, okay. and I have not seen we any are... of the card. Okay. Um, and you've missed Prodigy. And I missed Prodigy, which I didn't even remember. I forgot entirely about Prodigy. <laughs> where Where does that fit into the into the into the system? So Discovery. You mean like timeline wise? Uh, no, I think or, airing, sorry. airing wise. Uh, okay, so Prodigy is on right now. Uh, or, oh, it's or a, another new one. Ended. It's another new one. It's another animated. Um, so for the animated series that are current, right? I'm skipping the TOS animated. But okay. Lower Decks is their riff on Orville. It's like a Family Guy animated show. Yep. Prodigy is their kids animated show. It is geared towards five to eight year olds, I think. Okay. Um, and I'm saying that just because as I watch it, the worst thing about it is all of the Blue's Clues commercials that just air nonstop. <laughs> it's like Blue's Clues commercial after Blue's Clues commercial. It will let you know who I this is it. being written for. Uh, how, yeah. how is it, Prodigy? Is it pretty good? I love it. Prodigy, I think, is amazing. Uh, okay. Prodigy has great, great Roddenberry uh, themes in it, right? Like, it's got that uplift to it. It's got the, uh, like, bettering yourself, self-exploration for right. uh, uh, the needs of the many outweighing the needs of the few. And occasionally, the needs of the one outweighing the needs of the many. Um, right, so right. that's like, that's all in Prodigy. And it's amazing. It's great. You got Janeway back. You got um, uh, Chakotay back. You've got a, a, a reconstituted Odo and Uhura, like very briefly. Yeah, yeah. Stuff, but, how, oh, no, um, that's fine. And how many seasons of Prodigy is there? 
Was there a couple? So this was the first season. Okay. It started airing in the fall. Um, and, and it's on Paramount. Uh, I think it was it only on... like eight episodes. It's on Paramount. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And I hear Picard's good. Uh, Picard is interesting. Picard is interesting. Okay. Um, and yeah. uh, uh, so I thought that, that like season one of Picard started so great. So great. Uh, and then and then they. Um, yeah, I, like we, I'll just file the spoiler horn here, right? Like I'm gonna. Talk yeah, about yeah. It, I'll, so. I'll just, um, yeah. It's these are these all of these shows are at least four years old. So, and and uh, and none. Picard's only two, but yeah. Picard's yeah. two. Okay. And here's the thing about spoilers is that you can still watch them, and you'll just all it'll be is just a oh I see what he's saying, or I don't see what he's saying, or yeah. I like it anyway, well, and that's okay. Yeah. But I will put in the notes that this uh, is a little spoilery. Yeah, uh, with Picard, like. Star Trek Picard season one would have been a near perfect show if they had let themselves kill Patrick Stewart at the end of it. (laughs) And like they, they fake kill him and then they, you know, basically triple blood him back, which Uh is uh, like, it was so frustrating because they literally had like the funeral scene where he says goodbye. Yeah. I was like, yes, yes. It's beautiful. And then, the credits did not roll. And then he was back. And I was like, no, 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 no. No, you uh, came you so close. You should have killed oh, him. Oh, you were so close. Right, right. You should have just let him die. Yeah. But, well, uh, yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Now, okay, now let's go oh. back to Enterprise, though, which is since yeah. 2001, I think, right? When that came out. Yeah. 2001, 2005. It started yeah. Because I it remember was, it was, it seeing it. It started in 2001. I remember seeing it on the last TV that was deep. Like I didn't have a flat screen TV. I oh, remember yeah. seeing it yeah, yeah. on a very dense, wide television. And um, and I watched it and it was kind of monster of the week, right? The first season. It, so seasons one and two are very monster of the week. Um, they try to have a little bit of like an undercurrent uh, storyline about a time war. Um, and, uh, it, it is not great, right? Like, um, that is something weird issues. Yeah. That's weird about Star Trek. Sometimes it can take a season or two for them to find their feet, which doesn't feel, it usually only takes like half a season for other shows to really find their feet. But for Star Trek, it can sometimes, I remember next generation where I was just like, Ah, this it was like is like season three till it got good. Yeah, like yeah. I, I, I can see that you're trying so, and I love, I loved it from the get, but that's because I wanted to, you know, I was predisposed to want to love it. So, it did, so Star yeah. Trek Enterprise had that same issue, or Enterprise as it was called. Enterprise kind of has that same issue. I think um, they, they, they had two things in there that really uh, are make it difficult for for people to watch. And one is that they insist on putting people in their underwear uh, for like entire episodes, just dudes, ladies in their underwear. And, and they're like, like a weird sex scene. Isn't there in the first episode? Oh, there's so many weird sex scenes throughout the the run. Yeah. Um, Never with Scott Bakula either, but that's my own. Um, Right. Right. Yeah. Oh no, wait, there is one. There is one with Scott Bakula. Never mind. Um, okay, but so, just one. Uh, and the thing is, is he, if he's going to be Picard, like if he's going to be Kirk, 
they're out of stick yeah. a bit stick a bit of in a float tube and spin them around and yeah you know the but elevator no, they, uh basically half the senior staff on that show you've seen in their underwear and you've seen them rubbing biogel on each other to decontaminate um and it's like oh come on i get uh, it but, i see what you're doing yeah and then season three they tried to process the uh september 11th terrorist attacks um oh my and, god uh yeah and what I can tell you is that they handled it in a very, very Star Trek way, which means that by the end, uh, they come to understand why the enemy did what the enemy did, and they make friends with the enemy. And I can tell you that I think in 2003, Americans did not want to hear that, uh, and they didn't want to make friends with the enemy, and they were still quite mad. Um, <laughs> So Holy the, smokes. And you watched this in 2011 when you're like, I watched if, it in 2011, which is yeah. might've been a, a great, you were like, if we had handled it in this way, I mean, that's the thing about Star Trek in, yeah. in general is that, and it's so interesting that they wrote it like you, you, you know, in 2011, you could look back and go, that's actually not a bad way to deal with it, to actually exactly. see why they did it and what was happening with it. But in 2003, for them to have written it like that it takes an incredible amount of sort of that Gene Roddenberry flavor to it with yeah. that humanity overcoming. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. season three. So season three did that. And, um, and then season four is where most people who have been willing to sit and watch Enterprise in its entirety will say, hey, season four is where it starts to get good. Season four is where they start to bridge the gap. And it is very Roddenberry. They bridge the gap uh, from sort of uh, to, to talk Star Trek nerdiness. Right. They right. really start to bridge the gap between First Contact and the Federation and the founding of the Federation. And like the end of season four you're seeing um, like Archer speak at, at, at uh, the, the start of talks that become the Federation. And it's great. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. I so it's it. the founding of the I Federation is the fourth season kind of. So yeah. is he, does he spend a lot of time on earth in, in New, Newtown, San Francisco? Uh, he, he spends a fair amount of time, I think, bouncing around earth, earth solar system in season four because that that's the other thing the big bad in season four is uh earthlings who don't want to merge with aliens uh because oh. uh the terrorist attack got us you know like the uh, aliens attacked us they were the terrorists sure we're friends with them now but we still don't like them and we can't trust them right right so it's sort of a watchman kind of thing which which joins the yeah which joins the earth together. And then it turns out there are still racists and, um, yeah. and horrible people. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So here's now we go back to the very beginning of enterprise. Yeah. There's a dog. Why is there a dog? Uh, so there's a dog because um, I think, uh, I don't know why. I mean, it's, it's fun that there's is a it? dog, right? Is like, there? Yeah, it's yeah, cool that there's I, a dog. Yeah. Uh, and it, it is a little silly, but then it also gives us the great joke in uh, Star Trek 2009 
where Scotty is like, oh yeah, I, I practiced beaming uh, with uh, Admiral Archer's prized beagle and I'll let you know when the beagle turns up. And like, so yeah, that's why that's there. Oh, yeah. that's why they put the dog in. <laughs> so there could be one joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I that's mean, awesome. On. That's the slogan. Yeah. Okay, so who's on who's on staff? I can't. I only know Scott Bakula. He's the only one. And is oh, there? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to take a quick second to plug this amazing podcast that's out right now called Shuttle Pod One, which is also the name of a great episode title from Enterprise. Okay. And, uh, Shuttle Pod One has uh, uh, Connor Trenier who played the uh, engineer, Trip Tucker. Um, and uh, so he was the engineer. He now has a podcast with Dominic oh. Keating, who was the security officer, where oh, they wow. just talk about Star Trek Enterprise. Two, so, two, of, the, two out, of the actors like, who were on the show yeah. have a podcast about that show they did 20 years ago. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. And it is amazing. Okay. It is amazing. I highly recommend Everyone listen to Shuttlepod One as well, okay. uh, as as the Dork Forest and the Jackie and Lauren show. But anyway, um, <laughs> Thank you. and let's see what's out there. Let's see what's out there. Well, don't forget, let's see what's out there. I'm okay. with Pete Bellet, everybody. Okay, go. Yeah. Um, so Connor Trenier is the engineer. He plays Trip Tucker. He is uh, the Southern good old boy engineer who uh, loves engineering and engineering stuff. Uh, you've got Dominic <laughs> Keating who plays the uh, British uh, security officer whose entire family is in the Navy and he is ostracized for joining Starfleet. Um, You have Jolene Blaylock uh, playing the Vulcan science officer. uh, And uh, she is on the crew of humans only because uh, the Vulcans don't trust humans. Um, okay. so it's great. She's just there sort of as a, a safety valve in case they got to pull the plug, if I remember correctly, on yeah. humans, right? Yeah. They're just like, exactly they, right. could, they could go batshit. We might have to get in here and, uh, yeah. and shut them down because they may not be ready for this. Yeah. You got Linda Park, who plays uh, Hoshi Sato. Uh, Linda Park is the communications officer. Um, And her superpower is that in three sentences, she can speak your language. It (laughs) is ridiculous. But uh, Hoshi Sato. You need one. Is the one who invented the universal translator. Oh, okay. And and, but like literally it's like, oh, uh, we're getting this strange alien message. We don't know what it means. There's no universal translator because it's pre-Star Trek, you know, or whatever. Pre-Enterprise. Uh, pre-Starfleet. Nope, that's still wrong. Pre-Federation. Okay. That's the right words. Um, and she literally, it's like, oh, they're broadcasting something weird. Uh, what is it? What is it? I need more nouns. I need more verbs. Uh, they're saying we hate you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> like she just gets it like that. It's amazing. Um, oh my God. I So I want, I need to actually just see that episode quite honestly, just offhand. Okay. So there, there is an episode where uh, they meet the Romulans. Okay. And uh, it like every once in a while, I'll just wake up in a dead sweat because I'll be like, how did that work? Because they're like, uh, uh, a mine hits the ship, blows up. Oh, it's terrible. And then they're like, what's this? What's this message coming in? 
and she's like, I, uh, it's, 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 it's just on repeat. It's, it's a message from something called the, the Romulans. And then the, uh, to Paul, the Jolene Blaylock, the Vulcan says, it's pronounced Romulan. And I'm like, wait a second. It's an audio message. Yes. He should have known how to say Oh my God. Oh, that's that hilarious. have changed. Anyway. That um, is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And only caught by nerds. Much like, if I might yeah. digress briefly, the Morbius um, trailer for Morbius. Yeah. that He keeps saying, no, well, the trailer is Morbius is, of course, uh, some sort of vampire-y uh, superhero, yeah, right? Yeah. Or supervillain eh, between the two. And, uh, yeah. and it's, a, it's a Sony guy. And he has what he keeps... Rep- Initially, the first trailer said that he had sonar. The subsequent trailers, he keeps saying, I have some sort of bat radar. <laughs> I want to stab them with a pen. Uh, nerds, no sonar. Nerds, it'll be fine. It'll be yeah. fine. Bat radar? That's fun. sonar, you doof. What are you doing? Oh, that's my God. Amazing. That's oh. Every time I hear bat yeah. radar, I just want to just throw my my telephone anyway um amazing yeah i got two more to do in the main cast please okay uh john billingsley uh amazing character actor john billingsley plays the uh alien doctor um, okay on the ship and his whole gimmick is that um he doesn't use machines he uses animals whenever possible so it's like you have a wound Put this slug on it. It'll seal the wound, right? Okay. Oh, you have a headache? Let the, or you got uh, blood worms? Let the leeches suck it out of your blood. It's nuts. Anyway. Oh, that um, is nuts. And then, yeah. How does he interact he with the sleep. dog? Oh, and he doesn't sleep. Uh, he doesn't sleep. He only sleeps six days out of the year. Um, oh, my and, God. Of course uh, he does. Actually, the dog, the dog almost dies on a couple of occasions. Yeah. Oh, oh. And, uh, no dogs yeah, are killed. Has to save the dog, yeah, more times than you would care for. Um, <laughs> yeah, homeward uh, bound, you he, guys. He's ca- yeah. shadows coming over the hill. Shadows coming over the hill. It's yeah. okay, you guys. He's All coming right. back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Anthony Montgomery uh, plays Travis uh, Mayweather, uh, the uh, the the uh, what's it called pilot, right for the ship. Okay, um, and his deal is that his family is a uh, the space equivalent of long-haul truckers um, because at warp one or warp two, it takes six, seven years to get outside the galaxy, right? Yep. yep. But trade still has to happen. So these guys are like born and raised on these ships. Okay. Um, Anthony Montgomery leaves that family life um, to, to join uh, Starfleet. Join Starfleet. And so he's there. Yeah. Is he... And he's just the pilot, right? Like there's no, it's Star Trek piloting, right? There's no interface with the, with the, with the computer. There's no headset kind of interface. It's literally no, just. No, no, no. It's all, it's all. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's boom, all. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Hands. Hands. Hands on. Yeah. Hands on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, any um, children? He, do, he has this great scene. Uh, oh, yeah. Let's hear kids. the great scene. He's got a great scene where he has to figure out how to pilot a, uh, uh, alien spaceship that's piloted that's je- designed for insectoids with like eight arms. Oh, right, um, right. And so that's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that is, that sounds like a, an excellent episode. A uh, little twister. Yeah. 
little bring and twister into the into the mix. Um, yeah. And so no so, children. Uh, I said yeah. no kids. I said no kids, except um, Connor Trenier over the course of four seasons does father two children with aliens. Um, like I said, there's a lot of time <laughs> in his underwear. Um, uh, yeah. And neither of those, those children definitely get the Alex treatment from uh, uh, Star Trek Next Generation, you know, Worf's kid. Okay. Where it's like, yeah. this is my child. No mention for the rest of <laughs> right, the right, series. Right. Wait, Let's... we've got an episode. Remember the child. Remember um, the child. Yeah. He's in, he's in the nursery. Right. Yeah. 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 Actually, one of those kids you never see again. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Well, because the other alien uh, gets that's custody. That's the alien race where the men uh, bear the child. So Connor Trenier, the human man, gets pregnant with an alien fetus, sure. um, gives birth to it, and then the other alien is like, "Oh, well, that's mine now. Thank you, goodbye." And goes away. <laughs> and then, um, do we learn about sexism? Do we baby, learn? Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of well, you see, Timmy, sexism <laughs> is bad. Um, and they, but they say that while they put all of the women in skimpy underwear. Um, and so it's like, it's a little bit, uh, uh, difficult to really pick up that message. Right, right, or, right. Or, uh, Roddenberry yeah. and his pointy bras is, um, yeah. yeah, he's, he's trying, but he's trying from a place from a weird place. So, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's fine. I mean, everyone uh, doesn't yeah. want to see good looking people in their underpants. Um, exactly. and the men are also in their underpants too. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, uh, the trip tucker the engineer yeah more time in his underwear than in his outfit i'd say in his uniform um, yeah 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 because so after the terrorist attacks he has trouble sleeping because his uh sister died in the terrorist attacks oh, um shit. and so then jolene the the to paul the uh vulcan uh has to help him sleep with vulcan neuropressure which okay. is just massage yeah. And so <laughs> after that point, they are just in their underwear massaging each other during staff meetings, like just anytime they need. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, staff meetings. Um, <laughs> the, yeah. Any discussion yeah. of STDs? Any, any uh, safe no, sex? Any talk? Oh, okay. Oh my gosh. Yes, there is. There's oh. an entire STD arc. Um, yeah. Season? Yeah. Do you remember? Vulcan. Oh, with- uh, season two i think Makes might sense. be season three but i think it's season two uh it's uh they the one thing that enterprise did really well was fleshing out vulcan backstory right so like we have this like the vulcan that we know from tos in the past and and everything after tos uh, up to enterprise is is uh you know pure logic very reserved right very sort of st- low um uh uh, reserved. That's the word. Right. For, and right? Ponfar every just, seven years. Yeah. Yep. Ponfar every seven years, which gets a little crazy, but, you know, they don't like to talk about it. Um, Enterprise is like, no, 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 no. Vulcans. And oh, that's the other thing is like every once in a while, uh, you know, Trek will be like, well, look, Vulcans have emotions, right? That are much more powerful than humans, but they've learned how to control them. In Enterprise, Vulcans have not really learned how to control them. And um, 
And so like they they show you like, oh, we, we've learned how to control this. We're pure logic and reason. But then they do things that they're like, well, yes, but everyone knows Andorians are bastards and need to die. And it's like, well, da, 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 right. But, and so yeah, then yeah. It's, it's 100 years before Spock, right? Is yeah. it 100 years yeah. before and Spock? It's a, it's like 100 years before Spock, although uh, Tapring from the Pong Far episode of TOS is a character in Enterprise as well. Oh, weird. Am I saying that wrong? Maybe it's not Tapring. Uh, that uh, sounds sorry, like the guy from I, Shawshank Redemption, uh, which I think was Dufresne. Um, that was Dufresne. No, it is Tapring. Never mind. Oh, good for you. Maybe I'm right. Nope, it wasn't to bring to bring with his wife. Oh, dang it. Okay, sorry. Well, I'm not going to look it up. Sorry, but don't worry um, about it. But uh, but that guy. The other, the other uh, uh, Vulcan. Uh, so, Tapau, uh, Tapau. There we go. Okay, never mind. So uh, they've got that. They also like in in Enterprise, Vulcan mind melding is something that only perverts do, and oh. so normal Vulcans look down on it. Okay, um, and then there is a rare disease that can be spread by mind melding. And uh, the Vulcan crew member in Enterprise, Atbal, uh, has someone force a mind meld on her. Right. And she didn't want it. And then she gets the illness and then is uh, ostracized uh, by, oh, by, her, by, by her people? the Vulcan high command. Oh, yeah. but it's like being br- blamed um, for being raped. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's uh. It's actually. I, I don't know. You know. It's one yeah, of those yeah. episodes where they really they take what's happening and they break it down into sci-fi, and then you get to think about it in different terms. Yeah. It's uh, the, it's outstanding. Yeah. Those are all really good, and it's interesting because it makes sense. Because I remember when Spock was reluctant to mind belt. He's like, "It's incredibly personal. You don't want to do it. I don't want to do it with you yeah. guys." Uh, okay. I guess I'll do it. Right. I mean, they, there was definitely that arc every time Spock used a Vulcan mind meld. And um, yeah. and then it became kind of a father to son kind of thing. Like, like, yeah. remember in the movie where him and Bones did it? Yep. Like he dumped it. In, he dumped himself into in Bones. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you yeah, remember. Yeah. yeah. yeah where he so. puts his Katra into Bones so that then he can come back alive. They actually they do something similar in Enterprise. Uh, with uh, in Enterprise, uh, they find a Katra, and people are like, "Well, Katras don't exist." And then it's like, "No, they do." And they bring back this ancient Vulcan philosopher, and um, it helps Vulcans, uh, you know, advance again. And you see oh, that nice. in Enterprise, and and they've got this great line in Enterprise, which is like, "The reason that the Vulcans are so afraid of humans is because Vulcans have been struggling with." Uh, bettering themselves for thousands of years and they've still not got it right. Whereas humans in a hundred years go from, uh, you know, the, I, I don't know, timeline gets a little screwy here, depending on what Star Trek you're talking about. Sure. But like basically, supposedly in 1999, we have the, um, you know, the eugenics wars, which is where Khan, Noonie and Singh comes up. Right. Um, And then by 2063, you've got uh, first contact. Okay. No, yeah, 2062, whatever it is. Um, And so it's like 100 years from World War III to progress. And and so that's why the Vulcans are like, hey, 
humans. You're not ready for space flight. You're not ready for warp five. It took us. It took us so like, long. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It did, took us now, so long. Did yeah. the humans invent warp five, or were, was it given to them by and and sort of uh, fired off first contact yeah. because of warp five? So, um, as as I remember, and again, I might be wrong, right? So, like, right, dorks out right. there, I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's if someone's but, got more info. Uh, Post it in the in the chat. Post it in yeah. the notes. Uh, happy to talk Star Trek anytime. But um, yeah, it, the the humans actually developed the warp five engine that okay. is on the Enterprise. Okay. Um, and but they would have they think developed it a lot faster if the Vulcans hadn't been holding them back. Right. Vulcans have been like, no, you're not ready for this. Right. Don't look this way. Right. They make the humans go the look long over way there. Around. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so they so yeah. they delay it by maybe 20, 30 years or something. Is that about right? Something yeah, like along those lines? Archer's, yeah. Archer's big anger point is that his dad, who was a contemporary of Zephram Cochran, um, wasn't alive to see a Warp 5 engine. Uh, and he thinks that, you know, his dad should have been able to see it. His dad should have been able to do that sort of thing. But the Vulcans held them back. Oh, so he's yeah. got a bit of a, a grudge against Vulcans? Like does, yeah, what's yeah, Archer's? Yeah. yeah, what's Archer's? What's his? What's his vibe? What's Scott Bakula's so, uh, vibe? Yeah, I yeah. I mean, in a lot of ways, Scott Bakula's vibe is Scott Bakula, right? Right, like, right. Scott Bakula plays Scott Bakula. Right, like, and there's there's so much. I, I mean, at least for me, right? There is like so much quantum leap ingrained in my face. Yeah. That when I see that face, I can't help but think, "Oh crap, where's Zig?" right and, yeah and actually um uh uh al uh, guest stars in season one um that is just pandering but is it uh, amazing it's amazing yeah. i i loved it i loved it he al plays a, a bad guy kind of oh, okay yeah. oh um, awesome and yeah i forgot that guy's name he just passed away too was it dean stanton yeah no. it was dean stanton dean stockton stockton okay yeah, Dean Stanton yeah, also just anyway. passed away too. I don't know. I think Very a lot Dean of deans Stanton. just yeah. died. Uh, uh, rough day for the deans. Um, but yeah, so uh, Archer's vibe is that he grew up with Zephram Cochran as like his uncle. Okay. Uh, Zephram Cochran, the guy who invented warp, right? Yep. Played yep. by that tall drink of water in the uh, in the movies. Um, right, that guy. I remember uh, that guy. I can't remember. Yeah. I have no um, idea what his name is. I do know he's a vegetarian. Oh, but, okay. Uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, so uh, he was like Archer's uncle. And James Cromwell. Lived... That's it. James yeah. Cromwell. There we James go. James Cromwell is, is uh, uh, Zephyr Cochran in the movies, but not in TOS. In TOS, it's played by somebody else. Okay. Um, and actually in Enterprise, also played by uh, him, but they just use old shots from the movie. They never actually got him back in. Oh, that's um, awesome. So he just got a check. Good for him. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, so he uh, he was like Archer's uncle and Archer's dad was like his right hand and helped him out. Um, and Archer then were like watched his dad sort of get held back by the Vulcans was their impression. And so he's got a a chip on his shoulder that he wants to carry on his dad's work, right? Propel humanity into the warp age. Um, But Vulcans are holding him back. 
Yeah. Okay. So does he, does that resentment show up with the Vulcan woman on the, on the ship? Yes. In, in about, you know, two and a half episodes, uh, it shows up and then they get over it real quick. Um, right. He also, he loved water polo. Um, oh, interesting. He loved, <laughs> yeah, he loved his dog. Okay. Um, and, that's why he brought the dog. Uh, that's why he brought the dog. And he likes to uh, uh, camp and hike. And uh, they sort of mess around with like trying to have the Vulcan be his love interest for like a couple of episodes. Right. And they're like, nah, I don't know. It doesn't quite work. And so Mm -hmm. then they made the Vulcan and the engineer love interest um, with like a lot of will they won't they until they have a kid in season four. Um, And then. All right. uh, uh, Yeah. And so that's like Archer, I think, has like one or two quite romantic interludes but then they always turn out really bad okay um, and and the the you know the aliens who t- seduced him were doing it to to get something out of right right of there's always so, yeah. yeah they were just inextricably drawn to him uh in the yeah, way but that it was some... actually ulterior motives yeah. ulterior motives okay and uh, that is very interesting um okay so what are your favorite episodes do you have favorite episodes from each season or is it mostly just you Ooh. like season four the best? No, I like season three the best. Uh, okay. I like the terrorist. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, the 9 11 called the parable. Zindi plot. Okay. Yeah. It's the Zindi. The Zindi are actually really interesting. Um, it's uh, the Zindi were a planet where five races achieve sentience at about the same time. Yeah. Um, so you've got humanoids. Uh, primates who you know are like planet of the age people um insectoids that are all cg insect like crickets uh you've got uh reptilians who are like big angry lizards um and then you've got the uh, aquatics that are uh whales with some um oh, all right. and live in the water mm-hmm. and then you've also got the avians now the avians died out before the show so you only ever see i think a skull of an avian um but the avians dying out led the zindi uh to believe that they needed to come together as as a planet all four races and work together mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um and then uh people from the future come and tell the zindi that uh uh the race that's going to destroy all of the Zindi races are called the humans and they live on planet earth and go get them. Uh, and that's what happens. Oh uh, shit. They, yeah. 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 Uh, that's and then, season three. And so the Zindi, that's season three. So season two ends. Yeah. I think I've got this right. The very last shot of season two is a, um, is a laser beam cutting a, swath of earth from florida to venezuela and just obliterating it um and and then the enterprise is like we got to go back to earth and they go back to earth and then season three starts where they're like yes we found this creature in this thing we think this was a test run why you would do a test run on your actual target i have no idea right (laughs) um and then uh they they go and they're like okay so we need to find the zindi the Zindi live in this area of space that no one can really explore because it's got these, uh, you watch Deep Space Nine a little bit or no? Yeah. 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 Um, 
it's like the Badlands, but worse. Okay. Um, and, and so then, then that's where they live. And so then all of season three is Enterprise uh, bouncing around the, the expanse is what it's called. Um, trying to trying get to in? Trying to find the Zindi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just sort of doing an end They get in. But they yeah. get in. Yeah. yeah. They get in, but then they have to find the Zindi. So they have to work with all these new people and cultures. And, and yet somehow they, see, kill, they uh, still keep bumping into Vulcans. Um, it's weird. But uh, they get yeah. there. And, and the whole thing is that the expanse is actually the way it is because this other alien race from a different, uh, like, uh, what's it called, dimension, are trying to convert the expanse into real estate that they can live in. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And so they know that if the humans succeed with the Federation, they will uh, fight them. And so they're trying to get rid of the humans before they. Uh, Interesting. And then, okay. Ta-da. That is fascinating. Yeah. So, right. So that that's season three. That's this whole try to figure yeah, out and why I, they did it. And... Yeah. And so I really love season three. I think that it's, um, you know, uh, uh, interesting because like Roddenberry never wanted to have stories about uh, individual characters and like their growth. He always wanted it to be that the humans are perfect, right? What we're seeing in the Federation yep. is perfection. And they go around and fix other people's problems. Imagine that, right? A white man right, in right. trying to tell everyone how to fix their problems. Oh, my but, God. Um, it's, uh, it's that uh, manifest destiny. He literally, yeah, exactly. Gene Roddenberry oh. had internalized manifest destiny. But then he got writers who were like, we aren't perfect. Yeah, DC Fontana, right? Anyway, uh, it was great. Um I'm forgetting so many names here, but no worries. Um, Everybody then, else is yelling. And it's then, fine. yeah. Uh, then in like uh, next generation, uh, Berman pillar, uh, uh, I don't know, Jerry Ryan, uh, lots of people, uh, Braga, right. Uh, yep. All these people are like, look, 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 we can tell great stories about, you know, character development, right. You got to see Worf really develop and deal with his family and stuff yeah. like that um and then in deep space nine like they sort of took that and were like okay great and what if we made it like stretch over multiple multiple like an entire season five seasons of of the bajoran war right or right. or the you know the war with the founders and um the the alpha quadrant and gamma quadrant going at each other but then i still feel like in deep space nine especially um they would like they would go at it and then they would just drop it and then they would come back and be like, all right, all right, no, this thing, right? Star Trek yeah. Enterprise season three, episode to episode. Some of them, granted, like very slightly, but each one tries to progress the main storyline little oh. by little. Okay. And, and it takes turns and it's not like A block plus B block equals C, right? They do different things. They explore different things inside of there. Uh, and and not only do they like develop personal stories, right? With Trip dealing with his his sister's death, uh, to Paul and Trip, you know, like uh, sort of becoming a couple. But then you also deal with like Archer, the the admiral, who like set out with these very lofty goals, then being like, oh crap, I've got to sacrifice part of me uh, and my morals to achieve a greater goal, um, and 
And so, uh, like, I know that Voyager did that a little bit. Um, and I know that Deep Space Nine did it in, like, one episode, couple episodes, whatever. Uh, but I always, like, those episodes in Deep Space Nine and Voyager always felt to me like uh, like it was coming out of left field, right? Okay. And, like, and like it, it's um, – there's this other great podcast called Mission Log where they, they're watching every episode of Star Trek. Right. In chronological order. Sure. And talking about it. Yep. And um, Dean Roddenberry's son is the executive producer of that podcast. Wow. Uh, but uh, he there they talk about like their problem is when characters are gumbied. Right. Which means they just bend them in any which way they want. Right. Yeah. And and that's like how I feel it's been handled in other Star Treks when a character has to go against their morals. It's like, well, we're going to bend him this way for this episode. Next week, he's going to be back to what you know. Don't worry. Um, and and right? they don't do that in Enterprise? They, he keeps the flaw? I, I, I mean, he doesn't, like, he doesn't keep making mistakes, but I think that like, with Archer, you see him haunted more as that season goes on. Okay. And like, he deals with it more and more. And like the first time he puts someone in an airlock and threatens to blast them out of the airlock. Yeah. You're kind of like, oh, that was weird. Right. But then like by the end of the episode, when he's like ready to kill an innocent child, you're like, oh, he, he like, he has, he deals with it for a right. scene, you know? Yeah. And you're like, I, so for me, I was like, I saw the progression. Okay. And, and I got it. I don't know that it works for everyone. But I right. think that they dealt with it much better than. That's fascinating, uh, and, and right, sort yeah. sort of the way that that the psychology of being in that position actually would affect you, and they write it into the show, which is kind of amazing. Yeah, yeah, and and so yeah. what about what about uh, season four? It's the last season. Do they know it's the last season going in, or do they um, just have to I end it? I don't think they did. Okay, um, I think that. They, they weren't, when they started the season, they weren't expecting it to be the last season. Um, I've read interviews and stuff that say that they were planning out other future arcs. Right. They did do a big shift in, in the executive side of the show into season four. And so they brought in this guy called Manny Cotto. Um, and he, they're like, oh, Manny Cotto's turned the show around. But then um, Enterprise has the worst ending of any Star Trek Oh, really? That I know of. Okay. Because yeah. it just had to end too quick and they couldn't plan for it or there was some trouble. What was it? What was it? Uh, the very last episode of Star Trek Enterprise is akin to a New Heart episode. Like the end of New Heart. Oh, really like shit. It was all a dream. The, no! the very last episode of Enterprise is actually a continuation of a Star Trek The Next Generation episode. Right. Where then you discover that what you're watching is Riker why, uh, hollow playing being a member of the Enterprise and uh, Wow. Wait, I think I vaguely heard about that and it does seem lame. It like it doesn't land well they kill off a major character right and then they're just sort of like 
The end. The end? And, Question uh, mark. Yeah. And and like honestly, the end is like it's like, and they got to Earth and formed the Federation. Oh my God. <laughs> How was the second to last? Can you remember the second to last episode? Was it um, did it have any kind of potential? That, <laughs> uh so everyone really loves uh, two episodes from season four okay. uh, that were near the end, but I hate them. Um, and they were not your I, favorites. I, okay. I, I viscerally hate mirror universe episodes. Oh, and, well then you must uh, not have enjoyed uh, another uh, version of Star Trek. Mirror universe oh. with people with uh, goatees, not your idea of a good time. Okay. Yeah. So in TOS, uh, it, the first time they do it, I'm like, fine, right? I get what you're trying to do. That was a very poignant message. Thank you very much. Come on. <laughs> uh, and then in, leave your card um, at the door. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, so <laughs> I won't call. Um, <laughs> Deep Space Nine then was like, we got to fill some episodes. You know what's fun? Letting people put on Joe Teeth. Go get them, boys. Right. And then yep. it's like, hang on a second. Can we just for one minute think this through logically? Why would the Terran Empire be at Bajor with a Bajoran, a human, uh, a Klingon, right? Although the a first Romulan. one before yeah, joined, yeah. whatever, right? Um, and and like it's like they have to cram it in so hard with crowbars to make it work. I was like, please stop. And then they're like, nope, nope, nope. Let's do this like five more times in DS9. And yeah. I was like, please, for the love of God, never do this again. But they kept doing it. And then everyone loves uh, two episodes at the very end of season four of Enterprise where they did uh, uh, the Mirror Universe. But it was They're like both... the start of the Mirror Universe. Okay. Yeah. It, it's a two-parter. Okay. Um, and uh, it also ties into an old TOS episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, with like some time travel stuff in it, mm-hmm. and um, and so in that one, they I think they actually go on Kirk's Enterprise, um, and it's like CGI, but they're Mirror Universe and yeah, yeah, blah blah. blah. Some people love it. I like Mirror Universe makes my skin skin crawl. Okay, it, it just makes me so nerd angry. You right, right, because it's it's not a device that you've ever. You're like, okay, I have, I have that same problem sometimes with time machines and immortality. Oh yeah. Yeah. In time machines mm. and immortality will sometimes uh, vi- weirdly enough, just make me react in a way. I'm like, nope, I want no nope. part of whatever's happening here. So, um, yeah. but so we're almost at an hour here, my friend. <laughs> so <laughs> what about, right. And uh, so what about, uh, um, so I am, by the way, talking to Pete Mele and he has a podcast called, uh, let's see what's out there. L S W O T cast is the, uh, is the a- acronym, uh, handle on yeah. Instagram and Twitter and all the things. So, um, but what, is there anything that you would have like, did you write any kind of a one shot in your head? Was there anything that you were like, if, if there could be more, like, if you were going to play imagination and, and, and enter, end up on the <laughs> enterprise, was there anything that you would have wanted to have an interaction with these guys and just go, come on, Archer, let's go get them. And uh, like, would you, I, yeah, I love it. Well, I, love, yeah. I mean, enterprise did sort of everything, right. Which is another reason that people hate it. They think it broke the timeline. 
um, and like mess stuff up all over the place. And I, I really firmly disagree with that one um, because like, you know, they say like, well, we didn't meet Romulans until Kirk. And it's like, yep, in Enterprise, they didn't actually meet the Romulans. They just, they just heard, heard them. about them. Yeah. Right. Like there was no meeting really. Um, so that works. They have Ferengis show up in Enterprise. And it's like, wait a second, we didn't know about Ferengis. And it's like, yes, but the way the Ferengis show up is they put everyone to sleep and rob the ship and then disappear, right? So, like, okay. nobody really knew what they were there. It works. Um, they've got the Borg in Enterprise. And everyone's like, how could you have the Borg in Enterprise when the Borg didn't show up till Next Generation? And you have to go, well, hold on a second. In First Contact, the Borg traveled back in time. And so, yes, there were Borg on Earth at yep. the time of Enterprise because of the movie First Contact. So um, I think that they did it really well. One of my favorite arcs is uh, they show you Brent Spiner uh, playing uh, Soong's ancestor, who is all into uh, genetic engineering. Okay. Um, And and I love it. Uh, And then at the end of that arc, like, you know, Archer convinces Soong to get out of the genetic engineering business because genetic engineering is bad and seems like you're right maybe the answer is in robotics and it's like yeah right look at that okay yeah yeah that's uh, awesome awesome yeah so you got to they be a also, fly on the wall yeah go ahead <laughs> yeah they also explain the difference between uh uh tos klingons and next generation and future klingons yeah through genetic engineering is like okay. what that ridge thing is all about and i'm like yeah all for it that works for me yep um and and so honestly like i really think that the writers uh they the what i feel like is an enterprise the writers for the enterprise really had a deep love for star trek that came before okay and then tried to tell new stories in that same vein right um, and and so it, it, just, it clicks for me on every step. Yeah. That has to be where we ended, Pete Bailey. I have to tell you that that That's was been my TED talk. Yeah. That has been your <laughs> con- convincing me to at least try to see a couple of episodes. <laughs> and yeah. uh, and I want to watch Prodigy is what I want to watch. Because I'll, I'll, should, I'll, yeah. I'll sit through it's a Blue's too. Clue. It's like. Yeah. They're 22. Minutes. 15 minute yeah. eps. Uh, awesome. Because I like Lower Decks, but it's a little snarky for me. And, um, and I think I might like Prodigy even better. So lower decks drive me bananas because they do so many things where I'm like, that would not be allowed. In the <laughs> Federation, right? right. And I want, and then, I want, yeah. Well, I, and then I, they've got like three great jokes in each episode where I'm like, damn it. Those are great jokes. I gotta stay. Why isn't the whole episode that great joke? Right, right, <laughs> right. And you're doing this other stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I I wanted them to stay more in the lower decks too. I really did. I didn't want them to go mm-hmm. to planets and start being like away teams. But whatever, it's it uh, been red the, shirts the cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all good. Um, Pete Bella, you've done vital work by being on the Dork Forest. Uh, everybody, go find his podcast, which is called "Let's See What's Out There." L S W O T Cast, and it'll be in the notes and. Um, This has been an episode of the Dork Forest. You know the rules out there. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. (laughs) My hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Uh, 
my God. Thank we you. Why don't we just call that as the end of the show?